Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. If you want to contact me, it's askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com, which stands for Lifestyles Unlimited, Inc., askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. And uh, we can get your you know questions answered for you. So if you've got something, send it to me, and we'll see if we can get it. If it's good, uh, we'll, we'll think about putting it on the radio as a question. Today is Tell Dell Tuesday. That's where we bring in one of our members to share their experiences of what they've accomplished during their membership at Lifestyles. And we have a good one for you today. And I think it's a very interesting one because it has two or three of the components that I think are pretty common across the board. So uh, without getting any further into it, let's bring on Jeff Culverhouse out of uh, DFW, actually lives in Wiley, Texas. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Dale. Nice to talk to you again. Thanks for having me on. Well, I love your story, and uh, I love to exploit your story, if you could call it exploiting your story, as using it to find other people that had the same problem. Let's start out with where you were before you were a Lifestyles member, and I'm going to give you just a request for different parts of your story, so make sure we get them in there. The first part is, hey, you weren't interested, yet you had friends and new people that were in Lifestyles. Pick the story up from back when you weren't interested and why you weren't interested at the time. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was uh, working as an engineer uh, here in Dallas and at a big company and, you know, making good money. And so it was, we're raising a family and have kids, and I didn't really have a whole lot of extra, you know, just saved up capital other than what was in my 401k, you know, and we're working to pay off the house and everything. So, you know, there was a lot of equity there, but I just didn't have funds. And I had several friends that had joined Lifestyles. In fact, I carpooled with these guys. And, you know, they're constantly talking about it. I'm like, man, I'm just not at the point where you guys are. I can't do it. I don't have any capital. And so that's basically where I was, just, just saying I couldn't do it. Basically, uh, letting can't get in the way. And when knowing good well now that I did have equity in the house, I had there were different means. I just wasn't exploiting that at the time. I understand. And uh, I always said, I picked this up from somebody, I think it was Tony Robbins, until the pain of staying the same is more than the pain of change, you'll never make a change. So there you were. It was more comfortable where you're at. It was less comfortable to try something new you didn't think you were ready for. But yet your company came through for you and changed your mind. What did your company do? I love this part of the story. That made you realize, hey, maybe I should look into this. Yeah, I have a a close friend that's always telling me that whole until the the pain of the present uh, overcomes the fear of the future to to keep doing that. But now I was uh, going along, and and back in 2018, man, I had busted my butt for the company and was was working probably 60, 70 hours, working nights and weekends. And, man, I'm like, man, I'm doing so good, and, you know, this is good. I'm going to get a 
great review, and uh, it's just going to be great. So I go into my yearly review, which is done in February, and, you know, they said, oh, yeah, you did a great job, good job, and everything, and, and here's your 2.3% uh, raise. And I just looked at my manager, and I just kind of laughed, and I was like, are you serious? Uh, you know, Social Security got 3% raise this year. You're giving me a less of a raise than what Social Security gets? And I, w I was really taken aback and, and upset by this. And, and he was just like, well, sorry, you're close to the top of your pay band. You know, that's, that's really all we can do at this point. After that, I walked out of that office, and the first thing I did was call one of those friends that I used to carpool. Of course, at this point, he's already retired from TI and is, you know, doing, being a lead. And I said, okay, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I, I, Jeff, I preemptively tell people that come to work for me as employees, I say, look, I just want you to understand there's no such thing as a raise in my company. It's not that you don't become worth more. It's not that you're not worth more. It's that your job title's not worth more. So this is what I pay for this job. So what should you do because of my attitude? You should go out and buy real estate and become wealthy and within five years not work for me anymore. I literally give people that spiel because I don't want them to believe that the company is going to be the end-all, be-all to my, your financial success, right? So you, you got the story. They slapped you in the face with the 2% raise, and you decided to take action. What went on from there? How did you come in and... Did you take a free workshop first, or did you come right to the two-day? How how did it work out for you? Okay, so I guess let me let me step back just a hair there. Um, I we had we had already joined as pig members just passively. So I, I we did when we joined. It was actually because two of our friends became leads, and we were like, okay. Well, well, we're at a point now where we can get into this. So, you know, back in basically about 2016 is when we, we joined Lifestyles as pig members just to passively invest in. But, you know, my friends kept saying, you need to go lead, you need to go lead. And um, so then in 2019, when I when I got that raise, is when I, I decided to go lead. So to go back there when we first joined, we like I said, we had joined to because our friends were becoming leads. And we invested with them, and in our first uh, first year, we had already made back more than what we had paid for the uh, you know for the for the education. So we got like a sixty eight percent return in thirteen months. Wow! So that that tends to give you some excitement about what you're doing, then, huh? Yes, 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 definitely. And so so then. Come 2019, uh, you know, I had already been toying with the idea and looking into. In fact, we were already uh, certified as uh, leads, my wife and I, but we just hadn't pulled the trigger and really started looking, you know, or, or, or gotten, uh, you know, with the mentors and stuff like that. So right shortly after uh, that, my little raise, I I, I went ahead and, and started really knuckling down and, and, and digging into this and make, getting, you know, building our team with our, with our attorneys and our, um, you know, our, our mortgage brokers and the mentors and basically got uh, blessed off as, as, you know, being an aspiring lead. And then it just went uh, really crazy fast from there. We, um, well, let me cut went, you off right there. Let me cut you off right there. Okay. We'll get back to crazy fast from there. Let's go back, and I'm going to ask you a question that's hypothetical, I think, to be the term for it, and that is, do you think that if you hadn't got in because your friends, you know, bugged you to get in to become a passive investor in their deals, 
and you hadn't got in, hadn't got educated, and hadn't got a taste of the money that could be made. Let's say you were still on the outside and the guy came with the 2% raise. You think you just would have taken it? Taken the raise? Uh, yeah, just taken know, the raise and gone on? Yeah, honestly, probably, because if, if I hadn't, except for knowing Lifestyles members, I never knew anything about real estate. I always thought, yeah, I, I never would have thought that I could have invested in an apartment complex with, you know, that's for the super rich and the big organizations, what, you know, what I assumed on that. So if I had been listening to your radio show, yeah. <laughs> Well, the point I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. That's very unsanitary during COVID times. But the point I'm trying to make is the very fact that you had gotten pre-educated allowed you the freedom to make a decision to move forward. If you hadn't gotten pre-educated, that two percent raise would have been just like everything else you got in life, just normal, and you would have had to just take it. You would have been. You'd had to take it. even harder well you know i'll show them (laughs) and uh yeah definitely the having the education is is uh without a doubt you know i wouldn't have been able to do that i'm just making that point because i want people to say hey maybe you think you're not ready just like you didn't think you were ready but Mm -hmm. just the education alone is worth getting started because then it gives you they, you know how they say proper preparation prevents poor performance. It puts you in a position you can act. So as yeah. a passive now, you did four deals, all with your yeah. friends. Uh, yes, all with, with with friends of mine. They, not for a, you know, mostly it's a, a lack of capital. Why I wouldn't didn't get into more deals? You know, there's so many people at, at lifestyles. You know, when you really start getting connected and you go to the to the social events and all that, there are tons of deals out there. It's just. Uh, you know, we, we weren't in a position. And then, you know, then we really wanted to start saving our own capital so that we could be leads. Excellent. So you decided to be a lead. You went and got educated. You got certified. When we come back, we'll talk about your first deal. We'll be right back with Jeff Culverhouse and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Wamsley's real estate investing worst case scenario. Let's say the Democrats took away all tax deductions away from real estate like Ronald Reagan did in 1986. In 1986, we had stock market crash, a real estate value crash. The world came to an end for three months. Why? Because he took the value away from owning real estate for people who used it as a tax break. People like myself who got started at 87 go, you know, you can really buy this stuff cheap right now. In fact, I can buy it so cheap, I can rent it and make a 20% return. Cap rates were 20%. I buy a building and I made 20% of my money without leverage. If I put leverage on it, I made 30 or 40% return. Ungodly returns. Right now, you can earn less than 1% on a savings account. So do you think I hope that happens again? Yes, I do. In 2008, when the world crashed and cratered, I bought real estate 50 cents on the dollar. I said, well, what happened to the stuff you already owned? I kept it. It stayed full. We rented it. We made money. Don't let the fear of losing money hold you back from making money. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. 
Joe with me here on Tell Dell Tuesday is Jeff Culver's house out of uh, Dallas, Texas. And uh, Jeff was going to start talking about this first deal that he became a lead investor on. This is a syndication deal where he raised capital from people that he either already knew or met at Lifestyles, one of the two, we'll hear the story, and uh, put together purchasing his first deal. He had already done four apartment deals with other people uh, where they were the leads and he was the passive. So this is his first step out into the world as a lead. Uh, let's pick this up, Jeff. Tell us about the whole process and the mindset of stepping up to being a lead for the first time. Sure. Uh, you know, it's it's really, and you say this in your education, it's about your team that you surround yourself with. And, and we, you know, really took that to heart. And plus, you know, it helped that we had friends that were quite a few friends that were leads. And so, you know, you know, we got with vendors that, that, you know, we're LU vendors and with what our people, our friends had used, really started surrounding us ourselves with those people and trying to figure out, you know, what exactly we need to do. And we, you know, we were attending an event that one of the mortgage brokers had put on and we ta- started talking to uh, uh, sellers brokers and um, found out about an off-market deal. And come to find out, it, it, it was a, a Lifestyles member that was selling the property up in Denison and uh, you know, we tagged it and uh, got first tag and and started working with uh, the mentors and getting that LO. I mean, the uh, you know MFQA refined or, or quick analysis refined and um, basically got that and submitted the LOI and uh, it all all that happened within just a, a few months. I know it's, it's sometimes hard to find a deal, but we we really were blessed and and got that deal. Just a couple of months after we became aspiring leads, you know the numbers worked, and we looked, we liked what we saw, and we went up to the area and, and viewed the property. And that 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 Denison market, man, it's, it was just really buzzing. It was like, man, there's a bunch of construction. There was everything was going on, and and we liked the market, and so we decided to you know pursue it. As you're putting this deal together. Did you raise your capital before you found the deal, or did you raise your capital after you found the deal? It was afterwards. We we had our you know our list going from because we'd gone to Expo and and so we had a bunch of people on our passive investor list, and you know you start we started talking about the property, you know not specific details of it, but we started saying that we're looking, and uh, once we got the LOI submitted, then we really started. Uh, you know, looking for the interest in this deal, you know, what, what we had up there. And, oh, man, we, we funded that thing in, in probably a day. It was uh, <laughs> real quick. So. Wow. How many families you brought in to do this deal? That one was, it was small, so 13. So it was a it was a 21-unit property in a, in a kind of tertiary market. So it was, you know, the raise was, was, was pretty small. But uh, man, it, it's 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 so great. We love the, uh, the our passives in that deal, and, and most of them have continued with us into into our other properties. And uh, you know, a lot of them are like, "Oh man, I wish your your other property would have sold so we could get in the, the next one." You know, so it's uh, it's really good. It's the the, the friendships are, are just phenomenal, and and it's it's really just all around good. So you bought this deal two years ago in 2019, July of 2019. It's now July of 2021, so you only have two years in the project. Tell us what you did to change it and make it worth more money. Okay, so really we looked at it and we, we 
I'm looking at the property. I'm looking at the the you know the market around it, and I'm like, man, these these rents are just way below market. Um, the interiors had pretty much all been redone, except for a few that had had people living in these units for like 20, 30 years, and so the outside was real tired. It just needed to be updated. And so we, you know, our whole plan had been, there's a big courtyard. We were going to do big things in the courtyard and, you know, paint it up. And the bones were good. And so really it was just really dressing it up and making it look pretty. And so when we took over, the first thing we did was clean the outside up, paint the exteriors, put solar screens on, you know, give it cedar accents, uh, make it look updated. And we started out... We hadn't even finished painting, and we were already pushing rents. Like, our the the rent numbers that we were getting were like year two pro forma rents, is what we what we were pushing to, and that was having no problems at all filling. And so it was. And then we started doing that the the painting, and people just loved it. We got so many comments from local businesses saying that it looks great because it's it's literally three blocks from downtown, and so it's a great location, and. Uh, yeah, we we just we just pushed the rent in dollar amounts. How much were you going up? So, on our two two one and a halfs, we were going up like two hundred dollars. Now, now keep in mind, this is not to the existing residents. So, when we first took over, uh, there was some purple Martians, if you will, there, and they skipped as soon as we put out our you know this is our rules and this is what you're going to abide by. And so we had probably. Um, Three or four families skip on us, and which is very scary because you know it's a 21 unit property, and all of a sudden now you, now your uh, you know your occupancy is tanked, and um, you know it's first time leads that's super scary, and I'm sitting there. One of the things that I can remember talking to to my wife about is like, man, I don't want to send an update. We just look awful. This is horrible. People are not going to ever want to invest with us. And so I start sitting down and I start writing. I'm like, you know what? Well, that doesn't. That's not too bad. This is actually pretty good. And, and so you know, you come to find out, it's it's you, know, you start putting things down. This is what we did, and it looks good. And and man, we leased those units up in no time. And then we really started driving, and, and it was just really really good. We did have some of those old older apartments you know we pushed rents a hundred dollars on some some people and then one person we eventually pushed a hundred and fifty dollars on her rent and they just absorbed it because they'd been paying way below market for so long yeah all they have to do is and you never realize this when you first start this business is that if you find that you're a hundred two hundred dollars below market you think well if i raise the rents they'll all leave well the reality is they're going to go out the door tomorrow and find out that the place across the street costs that same amount and then they go well do i really want to go through the hassle of moving now logically they should and the reason is because they get a brand new unit that has been totally renovated they should be willing to move but in the situation where they're not willing to move they're going to absorb the rent increase if they can afford to pay it sometimes they can't so I understand that. Did you do any what I call nuisance rent increases? And a nuisance rent increase to me is where, say, look, we're, we go to everybody, look, we're raising the rent $200 a month. You're a good tenant. You pay on time. We'll just give you $100 and let it go at that. Do you do any of that kind of stuff? I've been tempted. All right. We'll pick this up when we come back on the other side with Jeff and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Now. From the files of Del Wamsley. 20% of the activities you do in life produce 80% of your results. That's his efficiency ratio. Now, it's obvious in life 
If you can do more of the 20% that makes a difference and less of the 80% that doesn't, you can be more successful. So it's that line. Here is the line. You live, let's say there's a line where you are exactly an 80-20 person. Successful people are more like 30-70. Unsuccessful people are more like 90-10. What I mean by that is the people who are unsuccessful spend 90% of their time doing stuff that means nothing and only 10% of the time doing something that's effective. Very successful people spend 30% of their time doing something effective and only 70% of their time doing something ineffective. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. I think people hear landlord or property owner, and they think of Donald Trump and other multi-billionaires that own real estate. And that's not who the vast majority of owners across the nation are. The typical owner of a rental property owns just a couple properties, and they're people just like me and you. You can own single-family houses and apartments, too. We'll show you how. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Join our national network of rental owners. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Here with me on Tell Del Tuesday is Jeff Culverhouse out of Dallas. And as we went to break, Jeff, I wanted to finish up with the segment about your first deal. Uh, what I'd like to hear from you, if you could give me some real numbers here, what did you buy the property for and what is the property worth now that you're selling it? So we're actually under contract to sell. We bought it for 1.35, and we're looking to sell for 2.17. So uh, 2.17 million. And uh, you know we're 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 gonna all all said and done, it'll be about a 90 probably 93 percent uh, return again to our passives. All right, so I want, I want to get this across to people just so they can get the numbers here. Just so, you know, if they're at home, they're working around thinking, okay, what is my savings account paying me right now? It's paying me less than 1%. And so at 2 million 170, 123 minus 1,000,000. 350123. You made a gain of $820,000. How much did you guys put down on this when you bought it? What was your all in? The all in was about 500,000. Well, then you made more than ninety <laughs> percent. If you if you made eight hundred twenty on five hundred thousand, that's more than ninety percent. Yeah, I'm being conservative on my on my closing costs and all the all my anticipated fees in there. But we've also been cash flowing. Uh, we started cash flowing a quarter earlier than anticipated. Uh, that was we would have done earlier, but with COVID, we were kind of holding off on on distributions. But we did we cash flowed six percent annualized. Um, in third quarter of 2020, and then fourth quarter we did we did a, a, a little bit less by five and a half percent. But then first quarter we did 12 percent, and this quarter's looking to be 12 percent again. Now you're, so, you're rocking it. So why are you selling it? Um, well, it's the you know it was a it was a a five year loan for one. But another thing is you know it, it's it starts becoming diminishing returns, right? I mean, we've we've increased the value so much on it that we want to sell it now and give our passives a good 50, 
percent annual, you know, forty forty something to fifty percent annualized return. And so it's it's really that's the biggest thing. We we would need to finance into a new lending. Gotcha. All right, so um, that one's going to be sold here soon. Let's talk about the next one. What did you see in the next one, and why did you buy it? So the next one is is kind of a uh, it, it's really a gem. It's it's right in downtown Plano. Um, you would have never known it was there. This property was built in the '60s, and the people we bought it from it was the daughter of the guy that built it. And so they had owned this property for the whole time. Occupancy was tanked. They were at 59% occupancy um, when we took over. And it was really, they decided to start, they were only leasing out to people 55 and older, and they were just not updating the units. The units, they they kept it, it, the bones were really, really sound, and they kept it updated as far as fixed, but like the units, you walk into the units, and the, their their turned units looked like it was out of the seventies or eighties. You know, just the look and feel of it. Let me ask you this: Did it go so far back as that they had yellow and green appliances? I mean, brown. I remember way back in those era, there were brown, yellow, yeah. and green appliances. Was that that far back? So no, they did. They were putting new appliances in. In our other property, I did run, go into a couple of units where we had the you know the olive green appliances. But this one, they they had uh, when they turned the units. I, you know what? I take that back. There are a couple of units that still have these 1960 stoves that were actually they're actually working. They're brown though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot about. There are a couple of units that still have some of those in them. How about the but, sinks? And I remember back then in the '60s, they were putting in green sinks. And green bathtubs and yeah. stuff like that. Did you get any of those? Not in this one. The other one we had the green green sinks and toes. I mean sinks and uh, stoves. But this one is they they had that brown. It was a real dark brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I got but there, you. It's, it's interesting going into some of these units and seeing that some of the stuff still working. There were a bunch of units. Uh, one of the one of there's two buildings. One of the buildings had all new package units on the roof for the AC, but on the other building, there were a bunch of the units that had the original uh, compressor and the original furnace handler inside. And we've gone through. That was one of the things we we had in our capital package was just to root out all of those and replace them because even we were we had just taken over and it started getting hot and we had two of them fail on us and so it's like okay we find we've got all those replaced now so you had split systems and some of them package units and the other did you replace the the old split systems with package units or did you come back with split systems we came back with split systems those are so it's kind of one building was built in 1965 and one building was built in 1968 the 65 building had pitched roofs and so the split units are outside on the ground gotcha and so we just just kept those and didn't go back that makes sense i do do like those package units on that second building though yeah the only problem about them getting them up there (laughs) yeah so okay that's great so we, we we've got a lot of stuff to work with here um how far are you into In fact, what year was this you bought this? 2019? No, we bought this. We just bought this in April of, uh, uh, of this year. So gotcha. we just took over. Um, we, we have, a, so that property where it's located, it's really in a Class A market. So what we've done is, is the, those down, we, there was a 
you know, like I said, there was the vacancy was high. So we took those vacant units, and about half of them were blowing them out, putting granite and uh, you know tile surrounds, and we're, we're really trying to poach from that that those those class A units that are right across the street from us. And so far, man, I think we need to push our rents even more because we've already, you know, pre-leased out several of those. And so we're jumping our rents um, $250 over what the highest amount they were uh, getting on those on those same units. And, uh, and so they had some of those units rented out at $800. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, there's a huge potential to, to uh, you know, capture a lot more income on this property. So, for people listening out there, what Jeff is actually saying is he's repositioning the property. The property was in a Class A neighborhood, but it was actually a Class C- minus or a D property, and he's repositioning by remodeling it. Now, it can never be a Class A because you got to build a Class A. The buildings are not the same, but it can be a B-plus or an A-, and he's going to be able to get rents that is going to fit in competitively right underneath of the Class A's. They can't go as low as he can, but him going to that level is way higher than where he's at now. So it's a really interesting play to be able to reposition a property. In fact, it's one of the things that we look for most of the time, Jeff, and you found one. Yeah, yeah. We were we were super excited about this. And the, the deal, it was very challenging. Um, like I said, it was a very unsophisticated seller. You know, they just, there was, everything was handwritten. You know, there was nothing electronic on this. The, the uh, owner, she didn't even have a computer. So like when going to get things done. She had to go to her lawyer anytime she wanted to review documents and stuff. And so that presented a, a, a separate challenge. And in fact, we came into this deal after several other people had kind of let go of it. Basically, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, you know, this is a, a bridge loan and it's, you know, your, your occupancy is low. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's a heavy lift, that's for sure. Real quick, real quick, before we go to break here, which is in just a minute, what have you done with the occupancy in three months? So we just now, we're, we're 10% higher, so we're at 69%, and, and some of that is because of my plan, because we're we're turning these units, getting these air conditioners ready, because most of the, the vacancies are over there, but 10% basically is what we've, what we've grown it, and that should be going, shooting up a lot in August. What you're saying is you're slowed down by the fact you're doing a total remodel instead of just a make ready. Gotcha. All right. Well, that sounds good because that, to me, sounds like a lot of money. I hear, I just, over the airwaves here, I'm hearing money crashing into each other here, you know? The dollar bills are just falling out of the air. So these are the greatest types of deals. There's no doubt about it. We could do one of these. I did one of these, uh, one of the last deals I did, I took a 320-unit property and I bought it 75, 80% vacant. I bought it for $8,000 a door and turned around two years later and sold it for something like... 40,000 a door. So it was quite a game. Del Wamsley on how to live the lifestyle. Whether you believe that being wealthy has to do with producing results or not, you have to realize that all money comes from servicing other people. It's either producing an asset for them, producing a product for them, or giving them a service, providing service. That's the only reason somebody would pay you. That's the only way you earn money is people give it to you, other than governmental taxation of some form. 
But if you go back to the rich people that are billionaires, they've found out how to give people more benefit. So you say, why does a football player get paid $40 million a year? Well, because on any given Sunday, you've got 20 million people watching that game. We're going to take a short break. Be right back with Jeff and talk about his last deal, the one he's working on now. We'll be right back. Wamsley on the economy and politics. What happens if the economy turns around and goes back down now that the Democrats are in power or inflation becomes rampant and all of a sudden it becomes very difficult to do business? I was listening to an economist the other day and he pulled out this chart of GDP. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. He said, tell me anywhere from 1950 to 2021 where the Democrats took power and where the Republicans took power. He said, point it out for me. And the truth of the matter is you can't tell. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what the politicians are going to do or waiting to see what the economy is going to do, if you're trying to predict the future, stop. Politicians and the economy have no bearing on your success or failure. Only you do. Register for the next live online free workshop. We'll unfold the map to retirement in five years or less, regardless of what's going on in the world. It's the same proven strategies we've been using for 30 years through every political party and economic cycle you can think of. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Jeff Colvinhouse, and uh, he's out of the uh, DFW area. He uh, is on his third multifamily deal as a lead. He's done four of them as a passive, but this is his third one as a lead. And he just went under contract on it. Jeff, you have it under contract now, so we can talk about it, I believe. Yeah, we can We can say a little bit of stuff on this one. It's, it's, we're under contract, and we uh, we have just finalized our, our fundraising, um, our subscriptions, I should say. But uh, we're working on working with lending right now to get to get along. This is going to be a, a bridge loan as well, uh, another value type play here. This one we got operational issues that we're going to address and fix. There's a lot of deferred maintenance on the property, and um, yeah, that's where we're going. How many units is this one? 109. All right. So, so I just, I'm going to point out this issue that you went from 21 to 42, a hundred percent increase in size, and from your first to your second, then from 42 to 109, another hundred percent plus increase on your second deal. Are you finding there's anything different from size to size? You know, there's always uh, challenges and differences, and uh, you know, it's constant learning. This is this is where I could not imagine trying to do this without something like lifestyles. We have submersed ourselves with people that are in this business and doing this, and so uh, that's where I can get you know some of my confidence in this and be able to, to do this is that that I know that somebody has my back and I can go talk to them and find out if there's somebody in the group that has dealt with the same type of situation, and uh, that makes me feel much more comfortable with this. But um, you know, really, it's it's. Uh, Trust in the numbers. You know, I'm a big spreadsheet kind of guy, and I, I, you know, punch in the numbers and it works. The property is going to be good, and that's really how we do this. 
that makes any sense. Yeah, well, it does. So how many uh, partners did you have in deal number two? I forgot to ask you that because I just wanted to get that kind of information out there for people. Deal two was 25. Okay. And this one is going to be 36. Deal so how was, hard was it to raise the money on the second deal? It's a larger raise? <laughs> so the second deal, uh, interestingly, was... You know, it was in that lull period before there were a whole bunch of opportunities out there. We were oversubscribed by, like, we had 250% subscriptions in a day and a half. So, you know, we were raising 1.5, and we raised, you know, close to $4 million in, uh, like, a day and a half. And so that's difficult because it was, a, you know, it's a smaller project, and so you end up having to turn away a lot of great people, and that's the hard part about it. <laughs> it's a terrible problem to have, huh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you first came to Lifestyles and you had friends here, you had sort of a advantage because you knew people, and so you could hang out with your friends if you wanted to. But new people coming in, what do you think they think when they see that we talk openly about money and it would, not only do the mentors help other people, but the members help the other people? How do you see that as coming in? It's very different, especially being in the you know engineering field. It's like where it's very competitive and um, definitely it is an abundance mentality. You know, everybody is helping each other. And, and you're right. I had a bunch of friends in this, and that was a huge, huge help to me. And I, and I cannot express enough gratitude for our friends that have, have helped us with all of this. But anybody coming in, we have met so many people and have so many great friends at Lifestyle. So it's it's very different and very open. Now, let's talk about the last thing that I really thought was interesting about your story. And we've only got a minute and a half to get it in. Your story seemed to conclude with you having almost just tremendous number of family and friends join after you. Can you share with us how much of that passing of the torch you've done already? Yeah, so there's a ton of ton of my family that is very excited about this. You know, they've been in since like last Christmas, I think, is when you when you had that uh, family and friends promo, and uh, it's it's exciting because you know it's it's hard talking about this sometimes, and they're probably all listening right now. But you know, I was hesitant to tell people about it because it's you know it's just something hard to talk about. But then once we did, it just opened the floodgates, and they're all like, "Why did we wait until now to join?" And so I've got actually have a nephew that he wants to go lead. That's what he wants to do, and he's, he's in his 20s, and so he's working hard to save up capital so that he can do this. I have another niece that um, she just graduated, and I think you know her kind of goal is to become a lead as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely trying to pass the torch. My kids, too, I, we, I take them out to the properties, and we definitely want to submerge them in this and, and get them you know, knowing what they can do. And, and it's, you don't have to have the normal W-2 job where you're, you know, you're working hard for somebody else to make money. Yeah, that's a different thing to be teaching them that young. That's amazing if you can get them taught in their 20s. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even start until I was 27. I was retired by 34. You get them taught in their early 20s, man. That's just a light years ahead of everybody else. Exactly. One quick thing is I quit my job on that when we when we did the second second deal. It was too heavy of a lift. And I was like, there's no way I can keep continuing on doing this. So I am completely retired from my W-2 job now. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, we're at the end of the segment here, so I, I just wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing. Um, are you going to be at the Expo this September 3rd and 4th? Most definitely. 
definitely hope to see everybody there. Can't wait to talk to you, Dell, when we get there. Absolutely. I'm going to be up there, and I'm going to be on the bus tour. And, guys, I heard the bus tour is just about to close out. If you want a seat, you're going to have to sign up absolutely right now today because I think they're closing it down. So I'm just giving that as a heads up and uh, look forward to seeing you all on the bus tour. There's more room for the expo, so hope to see you there. Now more intel from the files of Del Wamsley. The 80-20 rule says if you help enough other people get what they want in life, you can have whatever you want in life. But you say to me, I did one thing, I did, I have one rent house, that isn't going to make you rich, right? I go to a job and I push widgets around, that isn't going to make you rich. You've got to do something spectacular. No, you can't be in a golf tournament and be number 47th and get rich. Nobody cares. Uh, I think it's a, a rapper, but I think the guy's name was Nelly. He had a song that says, I am number one. Two is not a winner, and three, no one remembers. They're nobody, right? And he's so right about that. Nobody cares about number two, number three, number four, number five. That means nothing. And remember always, Jeff, myself, and all of us, we're not doing this for some money. We're doing it for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.